Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Early to bed. to win. I won. I won the money. It's the early line with Joe Raineri and Dane Martinez. Line up, ladies! All right, hour two of the early line here on this Wednesday. Jared Smith in for Joe Raineri today. Dane Martinez hanging out with me as always as well. Dane, fun first hour. I think we've come to the conclusion yeah, that man. we need to pool our resources for March Madness this year. Absolutely. And we need to wait to see if San Diego State is out west or not. <laughs> it's so funny because, and, and I do want to mention the regional sites. Uh, before we get into Tua, we're going to get an update from our, our, our friend Dan Strafford in a moment as well. Indianapolis is where the Midwest Regional is, and that's good news okay. for Dayton if they get put there. For Dayton? Yeah. You've got the Garden for the East Region. I think that's good news for Duke and Penn State if they're there. Yeah. And I can tell you firsthand, I've been to several Penn State basketball games at the Garden and this is Happy Valley East. As you know, uh, there are a lot of Penn State fans in New York City. So if they get to the Garden, it is going to be a struggle for a team that they face. Duke-Penn State at the Garden is the dream matchup for college basketball and TV ratings. That place yeah. will be absolutely rocking. The South is in Houston. That's good news for Baylor. Very close to Waco. So if Baylor goes to sure. the South, you would expect it to be a home game for them. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the West out in L.A., and that is good news That's for San Diego, State. San Diego State. Exactly. And Gonzaga. Yeah, Gonzaga's you know, an interesting you, case. I, Gonzaga's an interesting case. I remember they had a regional out there a few years ago at the Staples Center, and I think Gonzaga was actually the four seed, and they didn't do they didn't do well there, and they didn't draw well there either. Interesting. So Gonzaga is one of those weird teams that just doesn't travel great. And even I remember in the uh, in the in the even in the title game a few years ago against UNC, they didn't travel that well. Right. And that was in Atlanta that game. So it, you know it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how Gonzaga plays out. We've been down this road with the Bulldogs before, Dane, and they just... We I have. Don't, I don't know if this is the year, and if not this year, then when, right? This be the year. But that's what I'm saying. If it's not this year, this is the year where the door is ajar for a school like Gonzaga. You know, and so I, you're telling me that you're struggling to get to the window on them, even if they're kind of in a de facto home game, yeah. you know, sleeping in their own bed you know, with their crowd. So this gives me cause for pause. All the more reason, Jared... We need the conglomerate bracket. The conglomo bracket. All right, good stuff. We're going to touch on a lot of NFL and MLB in this second hour because there's a lot to digest from what's going on, not only in the world of football, but this cheating scandal just keeps getting crazier and crazier by the day. I think Rob Manfred, I I think the seat's getting a little warm uh, uh, there under under the commissioner's seat. Uh, But for now, let's check in with our good friend Dan Strafford for an update on what's going down around the world of sports here on this Wednesday morning. Sports Grid News Update. Well, Jared, it seems as though we'll get a, quote, parting of ways to kick off the post-All-Star break games in Cleveland. According to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Cavaliers and John Bayline will part ways with J.B. Bickerstaff Jr. being promoted to the top position. Bayline is expected to say goodbye to staff and players late on Wednesday afternoon when they return from the All-Star break. Wojnarowski is also reporting Bayline and the Cavs negotiated a financial settlement. Wojnowski also reporting on Tuesday that after agreeing to a contract buyout with the Detroit Pistons, 
Guard Reggie Jackson plans to sign with the LA Clippers upon clearing waivers. Other top contenders wanted Jackson, but Jackson's eyes were always on the Clips. Nets guard Kerry Irving aggravated the right shoulder injury that caused him to miss 26 games earlier this season. He is scheduled to meet with another shoulder specialist in the NFL. Seahawks have signed tight end Greg Olson, formerly of the Panthers, of course, to a one-year $7 million contract, enough money to keep him out of the television play-by-play booth. The deal includes $5.5 million in guarantees, according to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. Drew Brees announced via his Instagram on Tuesday that he will return to the Saints in 2020. We'll see what that does for Taysom Hill and where he ends up next year. In baseball, Trey Turner confirmed Tuesday that he has spoken to Nationals manager Davey Martinez about moving from the leadoff spot to the number three spot in the lineup. The Nats will work Victor Robles at the top of the lineup in spring with hopes he can secure that leadoff spot, making Turner available at the three. Aaron Judge was held out of batting practice on Tuesday. No word yet on Wednesday for what is being termed as, quote, maintenance on his right shoulder. Yankees manager went further. Aaron Boone said it was, quote, cranky. Asher's pitching coach Brent Strom said Tuesday that Josh James looks very impressive so far in his bid to win the final spot of the club's starting rotation. I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Dan, thank you very much. Interesting stuff there. We're going to get to Breeze in just a moment because I think what we're going to talk about next ties into the big picture of what we're seeing in the NFL this season, which or this offseason, yeah. which is one of the most unique offseasons I can remember, Dane, and that's because of the uncertainty surrounding the most important position in the sport, and that's the quarterback position. Uh, Before we get into Breeze and before we get into where some of these other quarterbacks might land, some interesting stuff released in Vegas yesterday. uh, And uh, to, to me, this stuff is fascinating because we talk about gambling on games and gambling on teams and futures bets, but... When you see Vegas handicap something like where Tua Tagovailoa will go and end up, which team he will be drafted by, I think it gives you a glimpse into what some of these teams are thinking this offseason. And to me, the one that's the most intriguing is not the two favorites, which are the Dolphins and the Lions at minus 110. But to me, it's the third team on that list, and it's the Chargers at 5-2 to two having to replace Phillip Rivers. And they have some draft capital to work with, And I don't think the Lions are set on replacing Matt Stafford just yet. So I think with that third pick, the Lions might be the team that drops back in the draft, gives up their their third pick to to the Chargers, and L.A. gives up a couple of picks this year and probably next year and finds the replacement to Phillip Rivers. Everyone's been talking about two of the Dolphins. I think it's the Chargers, the team that that, that people need to take uh, close attention to uh, in this race for Tua. So, Jared, I, I like 95% of what you just said. Okay. okay? That's not I, bad. I, that's an A. Uh, and I think you're looking at it. No, I think you're looking at it in the exact right way. I think the Dolphins are kind of like mm. in the clubhouse, right, with yeah. the five pick. With the five pick. Yeah. Okay? And if Tua is still there at five, I think Miami will pounce. Okay? Agreed. And I think that's what they want. Um, I think bringing back Fitzpatrick as a as a perfect bridge quarterback in Miami, right? Uh, they brought in the offensive coordinator he has experience with, Chan Gailey. That's the kind of offense they want to do. And Fitzmagic is perfect in the locker room, okay? If you've ever seen him wearing Deshaun Jackson's leather jacket, <laughs> if you've ever seen him making, having, you know, having inside jokes with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, Fitzpatrick is a perfect quarterback for a guy like Tua to learn under in Miami and give him, here's the other thing, Jared, give him a full year to recover from the hip. Oh, yeah. Okay? 
That's also very. We don't important, think he's right? going to play this year. I, I, I would say he's right. probably 51 49 not to play. Right. And so being with a team that already, you know, values their quarterback as the bridge and giving him that full year is important as well. I like the way you are thinking. Detroit is not getting rid of Stafford. No. It would be something like a $32 million yeah. cap hit for them. Okay. I agree with you that, well, that them and then also the Giants at four mm. are the places to watch. Okay. Yeah. I In terms of the trading, trading out. One. Right. We know where since he's going at one. We know our. I think Washington is happy to have, and Ron Rivera is happy to have Chase Young fall in his 100%. lap at two, right? And so then that's a match made in heaven, then, right there. By the way, Ron exactly. Rivera and Chase oh, Young. I mean, yeah, that's uh, yeah. And so, if you believe Miami would pull the trigger at five, then the question for any team like the Chargers or another one that I'll throw out, you have to get above Miami at five. The places that will deal will be Detroit. And the Giants. Mm -hmm. So the novice may look at this and say, oh, the Dolphins, they're the favorite. Right. But it happens every year, Jared. Someone will trade up to get their guy. You talk about the Chargers. I think that is intriguing. I also believe, Jared, the Panthers at 7-1, to one, who pick right behind who pick right behind the Chargers, I think at like seven, they wouldn't cost yeah, them the seventh as pick much right either now. to move up a few spots to get over Miami, right? To trade with the Giants or Detroit. And here's what you have there. You have similar, you talk about replacing Phillip Rivers. Yep, they're moving on. It's the same thing with Cam and Carolina, yeah. Jared, okay? The GM won't talk about his health. They won't fully answer the question. I believe Cam's on the merry-go-round as well. And here what you also have, Jared, is a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator who wants to get their guy, right, who could be a perfect fit, that piece of clay to mold. And I think the Panthers, I was going to say the Chargers and the Panthers. You took the Chargers take right out of my mouth. <laughs> I think the Panthers exhibit some of the same exact qualities, right? Moving on from a franchise quarterback yep. in the top 10. So the draft capital they would need to spend to hop Miami wouldn't be as much. And I think Carolina just fits just like the Chargers. When you talk about when odds are out, you got to look at the other odds also. There's odds, Jared, for where will Tom Brady play next yeah, year. Yeah, that's a good one too. And the Chargers, and the Chargers are like the second or third choice, mm -hmm. right? Where you know, so all of these dominoes are tied together. It's a very it's an incredible market. You know, Jared, I can name 10 starting level quarterbacks who may have different teams next year. Yep. And that's not even counting, you know, Burrow, Tua, Herbert. You know, when you have Cam, when you have Rivers, when you have Andy Dalton, when you have both former Titans quarterbacks, when you have Tom Brady, we, we're hearing buzz about Jameis, them not being happy. We don't know about Carr in Vegas because there's buzz. I, we now know that Teddy Bridgewater will probably be on the merry-go-round, you know? And... And there's others. There's always a surprise out there. It's going to be a very interesting market, and every team will have to understand what it is they want. You know what I mean? What, what it is that fits them. Do they want a veteran? Do they want to hit a reset button? There's going to be a lot of movement in the next month. Yeah, and we've got the Combine next weekend, and we've got free agency starting on March 18th, March 16th, somewhere in that range. So we've got about two, three weeks and so we're going to start to get answers. So we'll see how the markets move over the next few weeks. Interesting stuff there. We'll we'll wrap up the Tua conversation. We'll also touch 
on a lot of these other quarterbacks that are on the move uh, in this offseason. The early line, Jared Smith, Dave Martinez, and you back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, the quarterback conversation continues here in the early line. Jared Smith, Dane Martinez here on Wednesday morning. We just got done unwrapping Tua Tagovailoa where we think he will land. One of the more intriguing footnotes of this line, Dane, is the amount of quarterbacks yeah. that will be drafted in the first round this year, which is always a fascinating number for me. I saw that. This year it's that. four and a half with the movement to the under, meaning that's where the juice is. Now, I pulled up yeah. the list, and you tell me, Yay or nay, first round grade on these guys. Obviously, Burrow, yay. Four. Obviously, Tua, four. yay. Go ahead. Herbert, yes. yes. Herbert, yes. Then we get to the list. That- so that's three. From, you know, Eason. I'll give you from, and that's it. Eason, so- not Eason. I think Eason is the second Hertz? round, and then I think someone takes a chance on Jalen Hurts. I think Hertz Jalen Hurts is, Hertz is second the interesting round. one. So, yeah, I agree. Hertz I think and, and also Jordan me. Love is on the list as well, who, who's, who's there certainly – he, he's got a little bit of name yep. recognition as well. But I, I don't know. I, I think there's a chance that the over-plus money there, I think there could be five in the first round. You've got three that are locks. Three are locks. Burrow, yes, Herbert, and Tua. Locked. I think someone I might move I up and try to, take a hurt, try, try to take a flyer on Hurts. And I think Love yeah. and the other one that, that is – yeah, Eason, Eason's the one to me that I would say no. I would say Eason no. Right. But Hurts and Love – could be the five right there. I, I, if someone goes so up and takes Hurts. Do you agree Fromm is – do you agree that Fromm is going to get drafted on, in round one? I'm down on Fromm. I'm not a big Fromm guy. You're down on Fromm. I'm down on Fromm. So, but do you think – if you're going to get to five quarterbacks, you need Fromm to be one of them, I don't right? I think so. Burrow, Herbert, Tua, Hurts, Love. And then Love and Hurts? I, I, I would take Hurts over, over Fromm. Hurts showed me something last year. Hurts showed me something last I year. I think – Listen, yes, Hertz improved his stock, but the NFL is also evolving towards Hertz, right? Sure. Like, what we see now with the playmaking quarterback, the dual-threat quarterback, like, I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is Lamar Jackson. That's not what I'm saying. Do not, you know, clip this in that way at all. But what I'm saying is that style of play is being more accepted, right? What you need, if you have that kind of quarterback, is an organization to go all in and sell out and build. We're going to build the scheme around this kid. And I think there's more of a chance of that happening now than there was four or five years ago. Well, the question to me is who's going to be that team like the Ravens were with Lamar Jackson that trades up so, into the first round and decides that so, we want to take a chance on one of these kids. Patriots? <laughs> no, I was going to say, what about the same team you just were talking about? Chargers. One of the things that, that the Chargers didn't like about Philip Rivers move. is that he's a statue yeah. back there, right? Interesting. And who is who is the current QB one for the Chargers? A man that's mobile, right? T-Mobile, in Tyrod. fact. So what about what about? And they're talking about how much they love Tyrod right now, and I don't believe it. And that's the other thing, Jared. With these odds that we see right now, I don't believe a damn thing coming out of anybody's mouth for the next three months. Okay, we're in smokescreen season, I right? Agree. But what about 
You give Tarad as the one-year bridge. As you cultivate Tua, you get an excite. I mean, excuse me. As you cultivate Hurts, you get an exciting brand of football. As you move or in Tua. I mean, you know, you you, try you, to put you know, it could be bucks. him as well. You know that that could yeah. work for both of those guys. I I think but the that one style thing of play behind Tarad. I agree. I I think the one thing that is definite about all this, the Chargers are going to be taking a mobile quarterback in the draft, <laughs> or they're going to be. Trading for one or bringing one in, I I yeah. don't think Tom so Brady. This? I don't think Tom Brady ends up in in L. A. The the only way Tom Brady ends up in L. A. is as a PR play. Okay, <laughs> the Chargers have had to go to the silent count in their home stadium. I know, you know, for years, right? Bad. So if they move into a new building, and what matters more is to put butts in seats, then that's the play for the California kid. Mm. What about and you talk about different strokes for different folks? What about if they want to go? If they do like Tarad, they want to have that style. What if they bring in Mariota? He's a wild card here. I think Winston's a wild card here. I think Cam's a wild card here. We talked about these quarterbacks that yeah. are, and this is why yeah. it's such a fat. And and Dane, I mean, you know, you've been doing this just as long as me. You don't remember? I don't remember an off season like this with the quarterback fluctuation. No. Not with this many options. No way. No. I mean, there's literally a hundred different ways that teams can go, and I think what it's going to do, it's going to set up yes. a lot of alternative realities where teams are planning on things that are never going to happen. And then when it, they don't yep. happen, who has the the That's flexibility what? to be able to go with plan B and make it work? Right. Right. And that's why I believe that understanding who you are, what is your identity, whether it relates to Jalen Hurts or whether it relates to Tom Brady, you know, knowing who you are and knowing like, for example, Philip Rivers, I think he's going to Indy. Jared, and I think he's going to Indy because of the familiarity with the scheme and Frank Reich yeah. and a good offensive line because he's a statue. People talk about Tampa. Donovan Smith is the left tackle there, and Tampa's a turnstile, <laughs> right? So that ain't going to work. Tampa's fascinating. And if you're worried about Jameis throwing 30 picks, why are you going to get Phillip Rivers who throws more YOLO balls than anybody? I'm going to have know? to get so LASIK surgery with Jameis. Get my eyes there fixed. There you go. Right? <laughs> uh, and, and he realizes this now, but I digress. I know, right? I, I think <laughs> it's be, you maybe right. able to figure it out a the few years ago. Be... You can't see more than 10 yards down right. the field. You would think. <laughs> right? How much are they paying but this guy? The market is going to be very interesting. Uh, it's right, going to be very interesting. And then there's unknowns, oh, man. right? Like, do the, does Gruden like Carr in Vegas? Vegas it's is a fascinating team a... because you know they're going to want to make a splash. So when I was out there over the weekend, yes. Dane, the one thing I, I on kind Twitter. of absorbed over the weekend in Vegas was Vegas Pyramid is a, it's <laughs> other than that Vegas Vegas is a sports <laughs> town now Dane Vegas is not a party town anymore yeah. I mean it is a party town That's it cool. will always be a party town but Vegas is a sports town when I was walking to the That's Knights awesome. game it was right off the strip there was all these like I liken it to what Nashville did with the Predators I mean, a Nashville is a sports town now. They got the Titans rolling. They got That's the awesome. Preds in the cup final a couple years ago. And Vegas is like that now. Vegas is going to have an NFL team come this fall. They've got the NFL draft there in a couple months. They've got the Knights who are night. unbelievably popular. Dane, this was like a Vegas yeah. show. This was one of the best live sporting wow. experiences I've ever witnessed awesome. in person. It was unbelievable. Awesome. And all of the fans are all Vegas people. They're not like transient you know vegas has built this little niche community now where the raiders right. are it's going to be like a super bowl there every home game for them i mean think about do you think though oh, it's going to be crazy that like the road team will always have a huge no. following there like I, if, I mean they'll have a good I'm following you, though, i'm gonna look on the calendar i'm a jets fan jared the first time yeah. the jets are out there i'm gonna try and make it a guy's trip exactly and everybody do that 
They you will, know, but I think the stadium's going to be big enough to where it'll drown it out. That's To me, that's the most curious part for me, Dane, because the, the Vegas Golden Knights game, and this was against the Islanders that I went to the game. And, right. you know, how how strong of a following could you – I mean, that's New York City invading Vegas. That's, you know, very a very natural trip for people in New York to go to Vegas and hang out for the weekend on President's Weekend, no less, and go to a hockey game. And the Isles are a very popular team here, obviously, especially they're – you know, they have a very niche following as well, very loyal fan base. So they all went out there, but it was all Vegas fans. I mean, there were some smatterings of orange and blue in there, but that place was all – Vegas fans. That place was wild. The, the, the Knights won one nothing on, on a crazy last-second goal in the second period. It was a very exciting defensive game. There was a fight in the f- opening minutes. That place was all Vegas fans. It was crazy. And I, I agree. I, I'm going to be very fascinated. The first home game for the Knights or, or for the Raiders, it, what the splits are and, and what it looks like. But the atmosphere there is going to be second to none. No doubt about that. You know, like, think about it. Like, in, in, in mid-November... You don't think it'll be an excuse for guys that live in Chicago it will to be. go take a little weekend vacation? But do you think it's going to be 20,000 of them in a 75,000-seat stadium? You know what I mean? I think it's going to be more than like three or 4,000. I don't think it's going to drown it out. I don't think it's going to drown it out. It's going to be a bucket list destination. Like, it's going to happen. There's always going to be a little influx of the road team. There will be. Like, descending. I think more than in, you know, Buffalo, let's say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's, that's your... Sorry, that's, Gabe. <laughs> sorry, Gabe. Uh, okay, so... It's a little so, bit of a different destination. Yeah, no, Buffalo, no. I, I would say no. But, you know, to liken it, though, I would say, like, take those Cowboys games that they played here at MetLife this year. Okay. A lot of Cowboys fans in those, you know? So I, yeah. I think it happens more often than we think in the big cities that we're in. But because our teams, at least the New York teams, have been so bad for so many years that it doesn't really right. register as much anymore. You know, people come to New York all the time and go on vacation. And, and, and a lot of people, especially, you know, the, 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 the non-divisional games uh, that, that yeah. come in, I, I, see, I see it happening more often than not. Um, speaking of a destination city, New Orleans clearly is it. They're coming off of a, I don't want to say, you know, disappointing, but yeah, for lack of a better word, disappointing end to their season after what happened during the regular season. And a lot of people didn't know if Drew Brees was going to be back unrestricted free agent next year. Well, now we know via Instagram he is back. So my question to you is, is that the right move for the Saints? It's one thing that Drew Brees says he wants to come back, but he's an unrestricted free agent. He needs New Orleans to make him an offer. And and I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I mean, it is, but is that the right move? Is oh, I guess the question. It is a um, it is a short sighted gold Rolex watch kind of move, Jared. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna do it. They're gonna offer him a deal because they have to. Yeah. He's gonna you know get his on song this year, but I think the longer term impact could be a problem for the Saints because their best quarterback for the next five years is Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And as soon as you get Drew Brees, you will not. Get Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, I saw a report yesterday that he may command $30 million a year on the open market. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? But I guess all it takes is one. Correct. right? And here's the other reason where this is a problem, and people don't understand it. Last year, when you had Teddy Bridgewater as your QB2, that is what allowed Taysom Hill to be a wide receiver, to block punts, to be a running back, to do all the fun stuff that Taysom Hill was doing. 
This year, if you have Drew Brees and then Taysom Hill is your actual QB2, you can't risk him on special teams anymore. You Great can't call. use him as the Swiss Army knife shiny little toy because you need him as your backup quarterback. What happens if on a punt return he gets hurt and then Drew Brees gets concussed? Not good. I'll tell you what. You have to keep Taysom Hill at full rack. I was on the Saints team total under last year, and I think I was one year off. I think this is the year under for New Orleans. Uh, We'll come back, and we'll dive into this MLB stuff, cheating scandal, Astros, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, That's next on The Morning Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. You, you nailed my aesthetic this morning. So, Dane, when I got off the plane in Vegas, the first thing I noticed was my pasty skin was not going to do well in the dry desert air. And by the end of the trip, it was so – and, and, you know, when you're there for a little bit of a longer time than three days, you get used to it over time. But in the short period of time that I was there – you're, it's just so dry. Like, I could feel, like, my throat, like, closing. I was like, it really Ugh. is. And, and, like, by the end of the trip, I was, like, coughing up these, like, dry snot balls because they're just, like, they get caught back there. Because, you know, the humid air here back east, I'm just always congested. You're just used to being congested. But in in the desert air, it's just, like, you're dry as a bone. Dry. <laughs> it's, it's a it totally is. different aesthetic. Uh, but man, that Viva Las Vegas song is fun. Uh, great times out there in the desert, Sin City. So, so let's let's dive in. Speaking of sinning, uh, let's dive into this uh, Astros cheating scandal because I feel like every day we get a present like under the tree. It's like the eight, you know, the eight days of Christmas or the twelve days of Christmas, the eight days yeah. of Hanukkah, whatever you want to call it. Every day we get a new present, and and yesterday was Rob Manford again contradicting not only himself but what other Astros players have said, and it's really turning into a mess. This has now turned in to a mess that not only will linger throughout the entire season, but Houston's players might never recover from this in terms of the mental grind, the anguish that they've caused these other teams and what's going to come repercussions-wise. And the first thing I think about, Dane, is, you know, before the game, and, and baseball players are very chummy, and, you know, before the game, they're hanging yeah. out on the field and they're, they're dabbing it up and they're hanging out and they're chatting. Right. What's it going to be like with these Astros games this year, especially when it's Astros-Yankees? Like, there's not going to be a lot of pregame chatter, I don't think. And I think it's going to affect the tone of these games where a regular season game in mid-May is going to feel like a postseason game where there's just that heightened level of intensity. Is Houston going to be able to handle that day in, day out for 162 games? No. This will wear on them, in my opinion. I think this is going to wear on them. Every city they go into the first day, they're going to answer the same questions. Every batting practice they take, there's going to be fans banging on garbage cans, whistling and throwing buzzers at them. Um, you know, and then and, and the players are not cool with it. No. You know, even in the steroids scandal, Jared, you know, you didn't hear many players well, it was widespread. Other players, like very widespread. Right? Like sure. across the board. You know, but at the, but you know how you talk about the fraternity, the brotherhood, yeah. right, in these sports? That is not in play here. No. You've got Bellinger and Correa talking smack to each other. You've got, you've got uh, Aaron Judge saying it was tainted. And the thing is, 
Manfred and baseball, they haven't gotten ahead of it yet. No. They haven't gotten ahead of the story. No, they don't have their story straight. Correct. And the other issue that I think is interesting in this one, you have members of the 2017 Houston Astros, Jared, now on all 30 teams in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Okay. So in Minnesota, the cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, they're going to stick a microphone in front of Marwin Gonzalez in Minnesota. They're going to stick a microphone instead of in, in front of Jake Marisnik here with the Mets. Mm-hmm. They're going to stick a microphone in front of Garrett Cole for the Yankees, right? And there's no way for everyone to have the same narrative, everyone to have the same talking points. Garrett Cole has to, like, feel like the Yankees feel now, right? Yeah. And that means throwing his former team under the bus. This is going to spiral out of control, and I think it's going to wear on the Houston Astros over time. And the other thing, Jared, is I don't know how much of an impact it had. I don't know, right? I don't know, are we going to get 100% of Altuve's production? Are we going to get 90? Are we going to get 20? You know, remember when, like, a Colorado Rocky got traded to another team? And you just didn't know if their offensive stats yeah. would hold up it's a good, in a it's new a good environment. Comparison. You just don't know. You know what I mean? So, like, in fan- I'm in some fantasy baseball drafts starting to happen. Do I take Alex Bregman it's right away? It's a weird away? year for fantasy baseball. Do I baseball. take Alex Bregman right away? You've got no idea. And so I think because we have to accept that their offense will be depressed somewhat, they're going to go through the ringer in terms of every city. And then for the Astros, honestly, Jared, Check out who their three, four, and five starting pitchers are. It's not good. It's not impressive. No. It's McCullers, Urquidy, and I think and Josh Mc- James. And, and, and McCullers like, hasn't pitched in two years. I'm saying. And Grinky and Verlander have another year on them. And Verlander's got like nowhere to go but down. Innings. He's got, he threw like 260 innings last yeah. year, okay? So I think their rotation is worse. I think the drama wears on them and i i think their offense will be some percentage less than 100 of what we've seen over the last few years so i like under 94 wins and if you look and i said this yesterday you know the oakland a's who win 97 games every effing year are four to one to win that division (laughs) the angels who went out and got rendon who hired joe madden who may have a healthy otani a healthy la stella who in under the radar way got valid inning eaters pitchers and, and more in julio teheran maybe dylan bundy has a bounce back clean slate we don't know about otani and when he can contribute i think the mike trout still in the prime of his career i think the angels and the a's are important to look at the a's are four to one to win the west the angels are eight to one yeah to me that's the one that jumps out at me that's the one that jumps out at me with the angels it's Artie moreno wanted to spend money he lost out on cole he lost out on Strasburg. they got the big fish in rendon but they're going to be ready to make moves come july also love that and and to me the you can't handicap the baseball landscape in terms of and 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 I'm in terms of betting on baseball, the futures market to me is the best of this bunch. Unlike other sports, especially football, I'm hesitant with futures markets in football because the season is so short. You just there, there hmm. there's just there's there's too much variance there. You know, you, you can have right. one bad month and you're done. In baseball, you can have right. three bad months and you're fine. So, you know, there's so many games. And so the futures market helps me balance that throughout the course of the season where one or two bad weeks does not change 
what the big picture looks like. So the futures market to me is where I will be doing the most damage, where I always do my most damage in baseball. And I cannot wait to get to the window on some of these win totals. I'm going to wait until we get through spring training because you just spring training to me is, you know, guys have these weird fluke injuries. Once we get to the course of the regular season, obviously you've got to make your money. Uh, you've got to put your money down for the win totals. The, the World Series tickets, I probably won't put in until midseason to later of the, in the season. But the divisions and the win totals, yeah. I'll, I'll get in by, you know, mid to late March. And I think that's where the most value is in the baseball marketplace. Because to me, the amount of games played by these teams matters. And it, it, it factors into the math when you're calculating where the best value is with some of these odds. And the Angels at 8-1 to one to win that Western division is yep. absolutely fascinating to me because of the moves that they made. Oakland certainly is the team to beat, I think. And I, I don't buy... What the what the marketplace says, Dane? I don't think the Astros right now at, at one to three are are a good bet at all. Like not even close. Like I would never lay money yeah. for that team to win the division this year because I agree with you. I think over the long haul, mentally, and baseball is such a mental sport. You're out there for nine innings. You're yep. standing there and you're just watching. You're in your head yep. the whole time. It, and mentally, I think these players are gonna. Try to fall back on that crutch of, oh, we can do this. Well, we can't do that anymore. We don't have that mental crutch right. of we know what pitch is coming. I think Mike Trout said yesterday he'd hit 750 and 100 home runs. Yeah. If he, he like, knew. I'd have a lot of fun. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and to me, that's Shoot. the part of this that's just so confusing and so confounding yeah. that Rob Manfred could be so out of touch with his players. He's not only contradicting them themselves, but he's contradicting himself with when he's coming out and yeah. saying these things, I think he totally got this wrong. I think he needs to come back yep. and take this title away. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's what needs to happen. And and unfortunately, we're going to live in a baseball world where the players are going to have a lot of animosity towards one team. And I know the hit-by-pitch total was set yesterday at 83 and a half. I like the yeah. over. And yeah. I, odds. I, we talked about the odds on crazy. that one too. It's crazy to think that we've come this far in baseball where a team can literally cheat themselves out of a title, cheat other teams out of a title, and there are very little to no repercussions on the people who actually did it. The players. Which I know at the beginning was you would think, but man, now it just feels like the wrong call by Manfred. It really does. And in fact, if a team goes out and drills Altuve, that pitcher will get suspended. But Altuve will not. You know what I mean? And how is that? But I, and I understand. I heard one theory about part of the reason you can't suspend the players is, again, what I mentioned before. So many of them are now on different teams, right? Let's take Marwin Gonzalez, again, is on the Twins now. You suspend Marwin Gonzalez for 20 games this year, you're punishing the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, not the Astros. You know what Agreed. I mean? And that makes no sense. That's ex post facto. You can't, yeah. If they're on a different team, you can't yes. do it. So I, one of the things that's also intriguing is, you know, the, the Blue Jays pitcher, Mike Bolsinger, is filing a lawsuit, right? And so this also has the potential to get into legal territory. Crazy. And I think that is part of why when you saw Jim Crane, right, he wouldn't use the word cheating. He was like, we broke the rules, you know? And I think part of this is lawyers getting in people's ear saying, yep. you have to be very careful about your words, okay, here. When someone sticks a microphone in front of you because there could be litigation involved, all right? and then. The one other thing that I think is really interesting here, Jared, what's going to happen next week 
when Major League Baseball finishes their investigation into the Boston Red Sox. That's the other shoe that hasn't dropped yet. There's so much to unpack with this. And baseball, they just want it behind them, but it's not going to be behind them anytime soon. This is going to linger the whole season. Really? And the, if the Astros are in the playoffs again, oh, man. Uh, all right, we're going to come back. Speaking of the playoffs, the NL Central, very intriguing division this year. We're going to break it down. Odds, win totals, who's going to win it? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, I guess it's about to hit the fan here. This is Obi Trice, Dane. I don't know. You tell me. I'm not the hip hop guy. Yeah. All right, we got you. Don't worry about you got it. Me? Yeah, a little D12 action. All right, good stuff. Uh, all right, so it. we talked about the Astros. It, it was Sean G, right? That yeah, I think so. Curry and Eminem. I mean, I'm down for any of that I stuff. I, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like I'm such an old man with my music takes. I like listening to like. You know, old school like Eagles music and like the Rolling Stones and stuff. Listen, we um, got to go to karaoke together, bro. Oh, love yeah, that karaoke bar right down the block from Studio Thirty Four. Okay, we'll make it happen. All right. I mean, I, I, I probably will break the windows, but it'll be fun. That's all that matters, right? As long as we have fun, doesn't really matter what kind of collateral damage we cause. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, all right. Drink so <laughs> Astros, Astros in the rearview mirror. We definitely are both down on Houston this year. Uh, the the NL Central is the other division that you know we were going to talk about today, and I, I think it's an intriguing division. I think it's a division that is going to be very overlooked in the National League this year. I think it's probably the the weakest of the three, but I think there's some dark horse contenders there. And to me, St. Louis obviously pops out right out of the gate because they not only won the division last year, but they didn't really lose a whole lot, and they're going to get back Carlos Martinez, which I think is big for them. Uh, so St. Louis, I think right now is the early favorite. Obviously, I'm down on the Cubs, but to me, the Cincinnati Reds had a really good offseason. Mike Moustakis, Trevor Bauer yeah. comes back, and I think Luis Castillo at twenty to one has a little bit of juice as a long shot to win the NL Cy Young. So, break down for me what you think uh, is the key to look at in the NL Central this year, as we kind of give that. I, I would say they're the third out of the three divisions in the National League, top to bottom. So it's interesting when you talked about it. I I don't know about that when you say top to bottom. Because out west, I think you got the Dodgers and then they fall off a cliff. Sure. Okay. Okay. And so That's if fair. you t- if for the Cubs, the Reds, St. Louis, I think those three teams, you know, will all be better than the second place team out west. Interesting. You okay. Know, so so when you talk about from top to bottom, I don't know. I just don't think there's enough depth in the West outside of the Dodgers. But that's another topic for another day. When it comes to the uh, the Central, I think it's down to those three teams. I expect Milwaukee to regress. Me too. Okay, I expect Milwaukee to regress no a pitching. little bit. And, you know, the, who's exactly. starting for them? And the Pirates are a long way away. Yeah, exactly. oh, the Pirates have the lowest and, and, bank or the, the, the lowest uh, payroll yeah. in all of baseball. The Orioles of the National League, okay? Yeah. Them and the Marlins, right? So... When it comes, I'm going to tell you, generally speaking, Jared, 
I lean towards starting pitching. Me too. Okay? I think that is the dominant card here, especially in a day and age where you can hit 230 and 32 home runs and strike out 160 times, and it's all good. I think offenses now, unless you're a true elite offense, which I think there is one of in this division, um, I think it's all a wash. So I'm looking first at the starting pitching. You mentioned St. Louis as kind of, in your opinion, a deserving favorite. I respect it, Jared, but I'm looking to beat St. Louis, and I'm going to tell you why. I just don't know. Like, Flaherty and Mikolas are young, okay? And so I just want to know if they can continue putting that many innings on their arm. Mikolas is already, I think, struggling with a nagging injury. Does Flaherty actually do it again, or is there some regression? You talked about their lineup and their offense. I believe they also did lose Marcelo Zuna, though. They did. Um, So that's one bat out of their lineup, right? Um, But for me, I don't have tremendous faith that Flaherty and Mikolas can repeat what they've done. Meanwhile, I look at the arms in Chicago and I have a little bit, I feel like they're a little bit more stable, a little bit Mm. more veteran. I like Quintana. I like Lester. I think Darvish bounces back and I really do like Hendricks. I think those four starters are better than what uh, St. Louis can run out. And I do think the Cubs have the offense over St. Louis. I'm going to be on the Cubs and my surprise is I think Cincinnati does actually take a step. I agree. Okay? I, I agree Cincinnati with Cincinnati. Does actually take a step. I think Cincy can win 87, 88 kind of games and be playing meaningful games in mid-September against. So the way I see it is the Cubs winning that division. I think St. Louis, Cincinnati, and a team or two in the NL East will be competing for those wild card spots. Fascinating uh, odds because it's the one division that there's really no favorite. Yeah. Uh, plus two twenty. Right. The Cardinals are the favorite. And then you've got the, the Cubs yeah. at 260, the, the Reds Cubs at 270, right and the Brewers at 280. I mean, it's like you shave 10 cents off, and then that's the next best team. Uh, the win totals are right there as well, 86 86.5, 85.5, 85.5, 83.5. Pittsburgh obviously uh, in the caboose in this situation. I actually think the Pirates under 70 wins is a great bet. Uh, they are and, – and the reason is not, not only because they're bad – but because there's no other bad teams in the division other than them. Exactly. Exactly. They got to play 19 games against four teams that we all think can be above 500. Exactly. So I I think that's the best bet in the division, actually. And it's it's funny because when it comes to, you know, tallying up the futures markets in baseball, there's a lot of room forever. Error. You can win 69 games if you're a Pirates underbacker and still – Get a victory in your bet. So I, I, I think Pittsburgh under 69 and a half is, is my initial lean here in terms of if I had to pick a best bet on the win total side. I don't really see a ton of value on the on the uh, the odds to win the division because they're just all so close. That's something I would just bet on the team that I like midseason if they continue. Because, you know, if say the Cardinals get off to a great start, and that that, yep. that Cubs line dips a little bit to three or four, then you've got a little value there because I think there's not as much stock in the first month that you should like if, if the team gets off to a really bad start in the first month, that doesn't that that's not an indicator to me that they're gonna have a bad season. If they get off to a bad three months, then all right, that's another story. But if we get to like Memorial Day and the Cubs are seven games back of the Cardinals, well, you're gonna get that Cubs line at a much better price. And I don't think it really 
you know, has any determination of whether or not they're actually going to win the division. I think it's still up for grabs, even if they got off to a slow start. So, I, I in in terms of handicapping this division from a from a odd standpoint, I would wait on the division title. But Pirates under sixty nine and a half, I think I'm going to be jumping on that. Yeah, that's a great call, Jared. Okay, and, and and let's remember here, also, we're not just giving you a fish. We're teaching you how to fish. What Jared is saying is, as the last place team in that division, you know, they don't, like other last place teams, have another kind of also yeah, ran in there where they can like, split feeder. the season series and get that kind of win, right? Like the Baltimore Orioles, maybe they win some games against Toronto. Yeah, right? or Boston, the right? Mariners, <laughs> maybe they win some games against Texas, right? Yeah. But if we think all four of the other teams are quality, Which you we know, do. That's, where, that's where you lose an extra 10 games in that division. The other thing I'll say on this one, uh, you, when we do the, uh, the early line here with me and Joe during baseball season, I always tell him the most important question of the day in Major League Baseball, Jared, is is the wind blowing out at Wrigley? 100%. And in this year, in this, you know, home runs going crazy, three true outcomes, I look at the wind in Wrigley, and I bet the over on those games right away. That's an auto play for me if the wind is blowing out, Jared. Yeah, that's smart, and it's something that was huge for me uh, in the baseball markets last year were strikeout props for the starting pitchers. Yeah. And absolutely yeah. crushed a lot of them this year. And I think Castillo's the one guy that I'm going to be targeting very early on where his numbers are not going to be as high as they should be. And that's a guy that you look at that can strike out 10 in his sleep. And yeah. in this in yeah. this generation Bauer's that we live, yeah, Bauer's going to be up there too. And I, I cashed a lot of Bauer strikeout props with the Indians last year. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think baseball has gotten to this point where it's home run or bust. And it's hard. It's 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 hard to be very consistent over the course of 162 games. But what is consistent is the strikeout numbers continue to rise every year in baseball. Right. And the books, I don't right. think, are there yet with the props being as sharp as they should be with these numbers. I made a bloody like fortune in the baseball prop market last season and the baseball futures market. I don't bet a lot of solo baseball games. Very rarely. Maybe in the playoffs. But to me, the futures markets where the that's where the value really is. I think. No, that's awesome. I only I I, I like that strikeouts um, lean because of the way the game is moving. Right, the three true outcomes. They don't care if you strike out anymore. And then you bring in these power arms, and uh, they are striking out double digits. They are getting seven. I I'll bet first five. Because another thing is, Jared, these bullpens are blunt guts trash yeah. across Major League Baseball. And I can't, you know, I can't really cap that. So I'll try to take that variable out of it. And I like the starting pitcher. Or I'll bet it live. Okay, if the Baltimore Orioles are up 2 nothing in the first inning, I'll hammer it live. Sure. You know, and get that opponent at a lower juice than I would have gotten during the early line like this. When you examine the baseball futures market right now and you see the Yankees yeah. as a favorite at 375 on FanDuel, Dodgers right there at 430, to me yeah. the Astros at 650 is the most fascinating team because I, I, I'm curious why and how that number hasn't just absolutely plummeted over the last couple of weeks. It, it's me actually too. gone slightly up. So I, I'm curious who's betting on the Astros to win the World Series, first of all. Second of all... Matt just Mac. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Second of all, are there teams down there, you know, the middle, the bottom of the odds board that you think might have a chance to kind of peek their head up uh, and make some noise this season? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really intrigued. If you pick the right NL East team, mm. I think you got a shot. 
okay? Because that division to me is four deep. I can make a case for Atlanta, Washington, Philly, or the Mets, okay? And so that, by definition, makes it kind of, you know, tighter. Yeah. It's not going to be a dramatic favorite. If you get the right one there, then it's just about if they could beat the Dodgers, right, in the NLCS kind of thing. And I got to tell you the truth, Jared. I'm a Yankees fan, but I just said starting pitching is my trump card. The New York Mets are intrigued. Yeah, 21 to 1 right now. They really are. They really are. In a short series, when you can run out DeGrom, Syndergaard, you know, Stroman, that's going to be good enough against a lot of other, a, a lot of opponents. I'm not sold on Syndergaard yet. I think DeGrom's the best yeah. pitcher in baseball, top to bottom, but I'm not sold on Syndergaard yet. Yep. Uh, good stuff, Dane. Thanks for having me on today. We're going to continue to do it for the rest of the week as Joe is gone fishing in Miami or something. You got another two hours in front of you, bro. Exactly. I'll be up on the morning after after this. Ariel Epstein and, of course, our good friend Gabe Morenci stepping up and in with us here on the Sports Grid. Good morning here on Wednesday. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.